OTB GAA Scale has opened the war definitely with the football pod Where are your power rankings now? The Royal Rumble that's coming our way Hurling pod versus football pod Will, you're a coward Subscribe to the OTB GAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts OTB AM with Gillette Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar Right, I'm delighted to say Sarah Dunham is with us to talk hurling in the weekend's uh, hurling league action. It's harder for us to get meaningful stuff from the hurling league than it is in the football league. Um, and yet, there's definitely some bits and pieces that are important. Uh, you're at the Dublin Tip game. Yeah, so we spoke last week about Tip and I was wondering, did they have depth? And they answered that. Brian O'Mara's in, Garrod O'Connor at centre forward, scored four great points. As well, the bench late on they had Seamus Callan to come in Noel McGrath to come in and Bonner Mar to come in It's not bad is it? No and like if you look at the Dublin setup, they didn't have the same depth they have a, they have a team they have a structure they have a core but the players that we spoke about a couple of weeks ago the likes of Liam Rush Chris Crummy those are the guys that Dublin don't have coming in now where Tip do um, We are talking to Anthony Nash on Fridays on Off the Ball and he was talking about Brian O'Mara and uh, like he was I haven't heard somebody who's coached a player offer as much praise up for somebody as he was effusive like he's your solution at six he's your solution at three he's your solution wherever you need a solution and um, not many counties have that uh, you know another Brian O'Mara in Tipperary as well but what was so good and so impressive about him? Well it's, it's his positioning so and his reading of the game and I know Anthony was mentioning his personality and attitude but outside of that he's an out and out hurler I suppose another hurler that I would be, say is similar to him is Dermot Ryan from Clare that type of player who can play across the line um, Ronan Marr uh, Mark Coleman and Cork they're just players who are very comfortable in front of the ball and distributing the ball a bit yeah. like Barry Nash Yeah and it, um, we kind of got into it a little bit about how um, you know Limerick essentially play with a two man full forward line and then somebody dropping deep and if you just have your old traditional three backs and you're not really accounting for that and so the modern defender needs to be either one week you're going to be a man marker but mm-hmm. then another week you're actually not you're going to end up with loads of ball and you need to be really good at it and that's where your reading of the, the game needs to come in and maybe we don't fully appreciate that until the last 15 minutes of an All-Ireland quarterfinal semi-final final because of the distribution so if you look at Barry Nash yesterday for Limerick I suppose that's what Brian O'Mara offers tip because he's comfortable in that spot Nash yesterday was picking out uh, Darrow Dunham in midfield Darrow Dunham's finding Tom Marcy and all of a sudden it's the easiest score of the game so Tip by doing that by having a player in that position because Michael Breen had been there for the last two weeks and I suppose he offers you the more Garrett McInerney style you know strong physical full back you need them all Mm. it turns out you need a combination of all these to be able to push forward but Ultimately, if you can't get the ball out of your backs, you're you're given a kind of a seventy thirty ball in favour of the opposition. You need to be giving a seventy thirty ball in favour of your opposition. You know, so that's what's key. Uh, Will O'Callaghan was saying that Bonnermar had been playing full forwards for the earlier stages. Is this an experiment? Is this where he has some kind of future? What What do you think? Oh, I I love him at eleven. I just think his vision is incredible. There's still a goal from 2019 that's one of the best goals I've ever seen that he was involved in. Um, I think from Tipperary's point of view, the options the last night, that big, strong half-forward line, Seamus Kennedy scored two points, I said Garrett O'Connor scored four points. That inside, that six tip um, forwards before Callan and Bonner ever came on, they were all on the scoreboard. And that's what you're looking for with tip is a spread of scores. By comparison, Dublin were heavily reliant on Donald Burke. He scored 14 points. He ended up getting the man of the match, which is hard to do on a losing team. Yeah. But 
that's how I suppose uh, effective he is but I think Dublin by comparison didn't have that same spread of scores um, what, What's success this year for Dublin? Like what well, at the end of the year, Miola Dunhu sits down and goes, OK, that was a good year. What what will it have been? Well, I would say, looking at Wexford yesterday against Clare, you'd be thinking that Dublin would fancy themselves now to go into third spot. They, You know, that they would qualify out, out of the Leinster Championship into the All-Ireland Championship based on the last three games. I think they're definitely further ahead of Wexford. Wexford have a raft of injuries and long-term injuries at that. So... You know, they got an awful trimming from Clare yesterday. So I think Dublin would be very happy knowing that they have a, a three, a six, Chris O'Leary in midfield for Dublin. Um, Donald Burke, if that injury yesterday, he came off after 61 minutes on Saturday. Um, if they, if Dublin were to lose Donald Burke, Wexford and Dublin could be on par. Well, only two of their six starting forwards scored him Saturday. Then you had Sean Curry come in. Then you had Paul, you know, Paul uh, Crummy come in. I know, I, I know it's a worry, but I really like Alex Considine. I think uh, Kian Boland probably wasn't as clinical as he was against Waterford. I thought Dublin were much more assured against Waterford than they were against Tip. Um, but they're still very busy and they're learning. You know, it's a, it's hard in the, in that first year to to knit. Uh, let's talk about Limerick. So they ended up five point winners against Galway. Yeah. A bit of controversy about Kyle Hayes not getting sent off, at least for a second yellow. Although it's probably straight red when you smack somebody in the face, Darrell. Is it a straight red these days? I don't know. I mean, it's a ma- it's a manly sport. Apparently, we keep getting told you're supposed right. to just take this shit, right? Well, I watched. I watched. I watched the incident. I saw where uh, Concanon obviously. It's it's a, it's a dunk beforehand. It's there? an awkward pull, right? And it's an awkward pull, and it goes across his shin. Now, anyone who gets a wallop on the shin, right? <laughs> From right, finish that one. The reaction, the reaction would be one of hurling people here. Yeah. Frustration. Yeah. Okay. And, and how would you how would you take that uh, frustration, out, Sarah? Uh, uh, that's just that's just something that can't be accounted for in the rules. Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> like the pain that there's, goes through your shin. There's the rules, and then there's the <laughs> hurling rules, and we all know that you're allowed to smack somebody across the face. Yeah. Is that is that what you're, you're not? The shin. You're absolutely not allowed to smack somebody across the face. But if I was to get a wallop in the shin with no shin guard on, that's the pain. The frustration is something that you it's just automatically. Can't, it, it's sickening, right? It's sickening. But that's what. Okay, there's a rule book there for it. Uh, the linesman it was on the sideline the linesman should have seen it so there's a pair of them in it um, Kyle Hayes' reaction was silly okay he he's a he's a long time in the game he, he should have been able to restrain himself he didn't he got away with it and then he wins the free late on it's not meaningless in the end of, of the you know so absolutely Limerick seemed to have Galway at arm's length for the majority of the game but if there'd been a sending off mm-hmm. You never know what, what would have happened. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Galway didn't deserve to win that game, OK? Limerick were head and shoulders above them in terms of their um, movement, their communication, even their physicality. And Anthony Nash spoke on Friday about winning moments in games, you know, as opposed to increasing your purple patches, but specifically moments in games. And there was a moment in the first half where Galway looked like they were kind of coming up the field. Darrow O'Donovan thumped Jack Grealish and I felt it in my bones. It's they were just repelling Galway. Like that physicality was incredible. And Galway, if they had won that game, it would have been a steal. So for me, Galway yesterday, they have no forward movement. Their their forward play is very, very weak. It's a bit mad, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, like we would expect it now again, 
you know uh, the game being played in February is not the same game that will be played at the end of April and May although it's close enough it's probably closer than it has been in previous seasons like we expect Galway to come through and be in an all Ireland quarter final at the very least right so how do they go from this static forward play now to being better in June well you've one of the best forwards in the country as their manager I'm surprised that that seems to be the thing that was most lacking yesterday they genuinely didn't know who was moving into a pocket and the person who was most frustrated was Conor Whelan he just physically couldn't find space or couldn't get on a ball and some of the ball that he distributed himself was very poor so the communication within the Galway six isn't there yet and for me if I was Henry Shefflin I'd be opening the playbook today and saying right how do I get these players moving into pockets they would one score um, early on and you'll remember it it was Conor Cooney's chance for a goal which was actually the only goal in the game um, and he comes onto it at pace he's an incredible touch and the ball is played out into the left hand side and it's the little dink pass and he's through he breaks the line but at no other point in the game did Galway look like they were going to break the line And can they look at Limerick yesterday and how the Limerick forwards move and how they pick up pockets of space and, and learn something from that or are Limerick just so far ahead skill wise that Actually, Limerick's, the majority of Limerick's scores came from out around the 45 yesterday. They got 20, 25 points yesterday and, and it was, they, they were in between, like in between the 65 and, and the 45. Um, I, I was surprised at Limerick actually that they didn't break the line yesterday. So what they seem to be doing, and Shane O'Brien is excellent at it, he comes out, he wins the ball and then he's feeding back the field. Tom Marcy, uh, Keen Lynch, who picked up three points. That's where Limerick are a little surprised this year in that they're not going for goals and I don't know is that because they're they're playing three they're actually playing three across the line rather than in the full forward line in two inside right okay and get, uh, Flanagan and I'm, I'm sorry to harp on about this but the poor devil is missing Gillan no end because he got a point yesterday late on He's, I'd say this is the lowest he scored in the league in a number of years you know uh, to, before we go back to Limerick, mm. what do what do Galway do in training over the next month to make sure that they begin to get that deep understanding of how each other can create space for each other? Um, I think that comes from their midfield. So the the distribution yesterday from their half backs and midfields wasn't uh, fast enough. So I think you're looking at your midfields. You're looking at the likes of Sean Lennon and you're looking at kind of I suppose. Uh, restricting the space um, pulling pulling the Galway forwards in t- towards the goal and leaving that space so that they can run out into the pockets and then have the likes of Conor Cooney coming in at 11 because he's so physical and so direct he needs to be coming through the centre and the boys need to be playing him in OK from Limerick's perspective mm. the, um, the, uh, the Tom Morrissey bravura performance I didn't realise he was such a, a brilliant free taker uh, I guess maybe they um, have just a long line of free takers who are able to to do what he's doing at the moment. Um, uh, Galan aside, are we seeing anything different, or are they just getting better at what they've always been really good at? Um, I I think yesterday their distribution was head and shoulders above uh, above Galway. It's just those little pockets of space. It's the comfort. It's the twenty yard pass. So that pass from Barry Nash to Darrow Donovan, and then he flicks out to uh, Tom Morrissey for the score. But like, if you look at Kyle Hayes at at left half back, and then you look at Tom Morrissey outside him, they scored what like you know seven to ten points between them yesterday at their ease. Yeah. Um, if I was playing against them. I'd be going, lads, I'm going off on, I'm going in right half hour there. I'm not dealing with these boys. <laughs> like, that left side is lethal. 
it's I hadn't seen them be so efficient uh, up that left side That's, that was their that was the winning of the game yesterday um, Where do you think Kyle Hayes starts in say the All-Ireland semi-final or final this year what position it has to be left back do you think so it has to be yeah right yeah they've got so like they've, they've got so many options up front and with with Keane Lynch now at 11 it's it's if he wasn't there you could see him you know slotting in at 11 but but he's so good there he can run the game from there from from mm. 7 yeah he can run the game from 7 it's and and what's what's interesting is he he's really good at um reading the play so he'll he'll hold his run and then at the last second he'll bypass the Galway midfielder which he was doing yesterday and they're going where where did he come from you know so he loves to get forward and he's unmarkable the the ease at which they pass it short like mm. there was a few occasions yesterday when Nicky Quaid goes short Richie English yeah. goes on to Dan Marcy and every time their body shape is perfect they're not taking any risks there's no chance at all that they're going to drop it they're protecting themselves in case there's a forward coming in putting some pressure on uh, why is it that they feel it, when you watch them and the short passing which should be one of the most basic parts of the game they look so much more comfortable than every other every other team Look, it's, I think hurling is about repetition it's literally drilling that the simplest of, of actions is is holding on to the ball and Galway yesterday kept dropping the ball allowing Limerick to step on them if that's if that's the thing that allows you to get out of uh, out of difficulty right Limerick have targeted that and if you saw yesterday as well every time a player from Limerick was on the ball they were coming, they were coming forward four and five in a row so there was there was literally they, they like run like a, a semicircle and they're all running together so mm. every fella knows he can take four steps and he has an option right or left it's it's just so neat um, we, we, We're kind of in that phase that we were in with the dubs a couple of years mm. ago where it's like who's, who's going to beat them how are they going to beat them can anybody beat them and at the moment we don't really see anybody who's putting together a, a body of evidence to suggest that Unless it's going to be like a smash and grab, bit of a fluke. Look, if 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 you allow Galway to stay in that game yesterday, which Limerick did, I don't know how Galway stayed in that game, but on 67 minutes, Galway were two points down. And then there's indis- indiscipline. Kyle Hayes should have gone off and Limerick would have been down to 14 players and potentially could have lost that game. Okay. So it's Limerick's to lose because that indiscipline as frustrating as it is to get a wallop in the shin um, it's not worth you know losing games and that's particularly later on in the year yeah yeah because yeah. Garo Takerty um, gave away free as well which brought Galway back to two it's it's those kind of it's that calmness under pressure that they probably didn't show as much of yesterday later on the uh, Cork footballers were the real stars of the show and the double header <laughs> uh, um, scoring six goals uh, the hurlers only scored two and um, they they kept Westmead in the game like hard for the Cork Herders at this stage to uh, get as excited about this league game as they have been about some of the other league games because the, the performance has been excellent so far so um, was this a bit uh, complacency or were they trying something else or is this one of those weeks where they do a really hard block of training and they just they kind of they don't really care about the results but there was a cohort of lads there made their debuts for Cork which is incredibly exciting for those lads so for those lads it meant the world to be in Park Cueve yesterday but obviously that has an impact on the momentum that Cork had built over the last two weeks um, the Bars won the county last year right um, and yesterday four of the Bars lads got an opportunity to play together. Right. Um, Connor Callan, Ethan Toomey, um, Brian Hayes, uh, Re- and Ben Cunningham, right, Jerry Cunningham's son. So they scored six points between them. Um, 
that's a big return from uh, a, a very young set of players. Um, and that's really positive because that, that was their first opportunity and they took it. Uh, he kept a bit of, I suppose, consistency in there in that Shane Kingston was in, he scored 1-7. Uh, Shane Barrett scored 1-2. But it was that period after halftime where they scored three points in 15 minutes. That's not good enough. So that'll be what Pat Ryan will target in a couple of weeks or in the next couple of weeks to say, OK, we need to keep the scoreboard taking over. You need to go probably six to eight points in that 15-minute spell. It can't drop to three. Um, we've been talking about the widening of the panel and mm. more clarity of purpose about what everybody is being asked to do. And so far, it feels like you you think anyway that they're getting more decisions right than wrong at the moment. Yeah, and look, there was I think ten different clubs represented again yesterday um, from Newtown Shandrum with Cormac O'Brien uh, to Newcastle with, with um, Luke Mead. He has spread the net so wide and there's so many players come through he's looking at 40 to 45 players you know across uh, the, the length of Cork which I think is really exciting and it's it, hard to bed that down to, to like so you've got to keep sifting and sifting and sifting to get to the, the bit where your match day squad is ready to go in it's only six weeks now is it mm. I mean, yeah. that's right yeah well Liam Griffin was on last week and he was talking about you know producing more players to bring up the quality yeah that's what has to happen in Cork. You have to produce more players to bring players up to the quality. So there'll be there'll be you know what's collateral damage, and there'll be lads will only get so far. But it'll allow. Is this a multi-year project? Like in their heads, do you think, or are they thinking that there's a possibility that you know a team can flare out the way? Like it has to be a multi-year project. If you saw Dan Morrissey and Tom Morrissey yesterday in their post-match interview, very wholesome interview, two very wholesome men, the conditioning of Dan Morrissey lads. Like Cork don't have that right now, so they need two years of putting on that bulk to be able to. Were they going to be taking their tops off again? Is that what happened? <laughs> he didn't need to. <laughs> the, like the tight, tight jersey. It's, kinda, it's, um, it's, it's always accidental, isn't it? Yeah, I'll take, I'll take the smaller top. <laughs> well, they were. Let's just release the pictures. <laughs> yeah. What? You're very impressive. But I'm talking about their conditioning and what it allows them to do. Dan Marcy caught a ball out of this guy yesterday at six. Declan Hannon wasn't even playing Well, yesterday. that's what I'm trying to work out. So if yeah. Kyle Hayes is playing, is Declan Hannon not playing? Oh, no, I would... I would I, okay, and this is... Oh, you mean pick him at a... I would say Dan Marcy may end up at three. Okay. So Richie English is playing at three at the minute. Um, I would say Dan realistically will play at three, Declan at six. Um, right. And then Jeremy Burns at five. only bringing on Gerald Hegarty with 15 minutes ago. I know, I know. They're just making sure that everybody is. Yeah, now I suppose if you look at if you look at yesterday, um, a couple of instances under the high ball, Limerick weren't as good out on the right yesterday under the high ball. So you can see where Gerald Hegarty will plug back in without with his ease. There is part of this where everybody should try and watch as much of the Limerick hurlers as they possibly can because it's like all-time great team playing all-time great stuff and still in that sweet spot of desperate to break the records and have all the I don't really believe in hunger as a thing like I think the best teams generally win because they're the best teams but they still have this insatiable desire to uh, be seen to be the best and to break all the records that Kilkenny have set in the past and well. Yeah, as as evidenced by Darrell Donovan yesterday. I think, I, yeah. I think the dubs are in their sights. I don't think that um, they want to be the first hurling team to do five. They want to be the first GA team to do whatever. You know. Yeah, I I think it's I think it's there for them. I think as a group, the, I suppose the only sticking point now is Gillan. So whether Gillan will be back for championship or not, 
Um, there's eight weeks there. He was playing soccer last week, by all accounts. So, at least he's fit. <laughs> soccer fit. <laughs> well, look, I think they haven't. They've only scored one goal in three games. So, um, I, I think they. It'll be mutually beneficial for everybody to decide that now is the time for him to come back. I, I miss him anyway. Yeah. All right. Yeah, didn't you mention Wexford? Got to give one line. Holy Jesus! <laughs> yeah. He did four seventeen in the first half. Yeah. How the hell do you come back from that? Well, you have to hope that it's a one-off and that next week somehow they fix it because otherwise they're on the verge of slipping into irrelevancy again, which we thought we'd, we thought they'd fixed. They have uh, massive injuries, long-term injuries. Uh, Claire were playing like angry men yesterday in that first half. Obviously, Tony Kelly was back. Uh, Conlon was back at six. They looked more like themselves, but... Wexford weren't even tracking them. At one stage, David Reedy headed off up the line to get his goal and it was like a... If Clare hadn't had the letdown in last year's All-Ireland semi-final, we'd be talking about them as contenders now because of what they did to Limerick in mm. Munster. That, that maybe, maybe we just need to forget about that and the truth about Clare is their performance in the Munster final and actually they're the ones who we should be thinking about as the potential to knock off Limerick. Uh, but they certainly looked more like... The I suppose the performances that they had last year and Peter Duggan and Mark Rogers got a great goal they were I'm not going to take anything from it because Wexford just didn't show up yesterday bar Conor McDonald's class goal but you know that's that's needle in a haystack stuff yesterday for Wexford OTB AM with Gillette get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar 